Today on the Almond Journey podcast. I take extra care like when we're handling somebody else's crop because I know that their livelihood is in our hands. The care of their tree, it's up to us. And with this particular manufacturer, after watching them, seeing like, wow, these machines are a little gentler on the trees, I think I want to go with them. Custom shaker, sweeper, and harvester Luke Hicks joins the show. to the Almond Journey podcast brought to you by the Almond Board of California. On this show, we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work in their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I'm traveling up and down the valley, virtually in this case, to feature the leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their communities, and advance the almond industry. Today's episode takes us off the highway at Madeira, heading west to the town of Fireball, California. It's there we meet with Luke Hicks of LH Farm Service, a custom harvesting and orchard sanitation company. In today's episode, we're going to talk about harvest operations, how Luke has built his business from scratch, what equipment he uses and why, how he's improving harvest efficiency, labor challenges, and where he sees harvest operations going in the future. But Luke didn't always know he wanted to be in the custom harvesting business. In fact, when he finished college at Fresno State and the West Hills Farm of the Future program, he was planning to spend his career working on the family farm. But shortly after his return, his family decided in 2014 that it was time to sell. Where we farm, we farm in western Fresno County and, you know, we're in federal water districts and things were kind of getting tough, you know, with lack of water. And, and my dad made the decision to sell the property, which at first I was really against, you know, because I grew up my whole life thinking, I'm, I'm going to farm. This is what I'm going to do. But honestly, after working on the ranch, after college full time, I got to see more of it and see, wow, yeah, this is kind of a struggle out here. Like, you know, maybe we need to switch gears and do something different. And there were people willing to buy the property at a decent price. So then I said, oh, you know what, I, I'm okay with it. So yeah, 2014 was our last season. It was at that point that Luke decided to go into business for himself, at first doing custom harvesting in alfalfa, and eventually adding almond shaking. To make extra money, I worked with my brother. He worked for a farmer up in Newman. And um, when I wasn't busy in the hay, I went and would go work with him and that's where I kind of got a feel for the equipment. I learned how to run a shaker. I learned how to work on it. I kind of learned what to look for, you know, in the tree when you're harvesting or when you're making decisions. So my brother is the one who, you know, showed me and taught me, hey, this is how this works. And I had talked to him about it and talked to other people and, and everybody was, you know, why would you want to get a shaker? You know, those things, they're a lot of trouble and you could damage the trees and this and that. And so when I got my feet wet with my brother, him and I both were like, it's not rocket science. You know, you can do this. So I did that in 15. And then in 16, I was offered a job by a local farmer to be a farm manager. And I sat down with him and talked with him. And, and he said, if you want the job, it's yours. And I, I said, you know, I, I appreciate it, but I'm, I'm actually trying to start my own thing. And he goes, well, what are you trying to do? And I, I said, well, I got the hay thing going. I go, but I want to get into almond harvesting. And he goes, well, what, what are you thinking? I said, well, I think I'm going to buy a shaker. And he goes, if you buy an almond shaker, he goes, you can shake all of our almonds for us. So that was my first customer. So I got in my foot in the door doing that. And, you know, other people started hearing about 
me hitting the shaker and I, I ended up doing, I mean, I don't know, a quarter more of the acres than I thought I was going to. It was validation like this that propelled Luke and his company, LH Farm Service, into business. But not everyone was so positive. Luke can recall several people that told him that custom harvesting was just way too difficult and that he wouldn't be able to make it work. This just fueled his desire, though, to prove them wrong. Overall, it was the support and encouragement of his family and friends that helped him to make the leap. I had more positive from people than I did negative. I mean, you're always going to have people that tell you, you know, you're, you're not going to make it. You can't do it. But all of my friends were extremely supportive. They were happy that I was going to do my own thing. And the one thing that sticks out to me, I've known this guy for years. He's an older gentleman. And his family is from the Patterson area like my family is. And he came down to Fireball about the same time. And my grandfather actually gave him his first job as a custom harvester back, you know, way when. And now I live across the street from him in Fireball, but he'll come by the shop every now and then. And he came by when he heard what was happening, us selling. And he said, what are you going to do? And I told him and he goes, that's great. He goes, I'll tell you one thing. He goes, you just decide what you want to do. And you don't let anybody ever tell you different. And I think after that, that's really what like drove the spike into the ground. Like, okay, I can do this. This is what I'm going to do. And he still comes by once a week or twice a month. And he stops in the shop just to check on me, you know, and I appreciate it. Luke actually credits some of his success to listening and learning from these previous generations. And that's going to come up again a little bit later in today's episode. Well, once business started picking up in almond shaking, Luke started to expand his custom work in almond orchards to include winter sanitation, sweeping, and harvesting. So then with the shaker, you know, it was like, oh, cool, this thing has two seasons. I knew nothing about mummies or, or winter sanitation or anything. So went through harvest and then we got to the winter time, which was usually a slow time for us, you know, in row crop farming or even the hay harvesting. And saw that, wow, this is really cool. You know, this is two seasons. So did that. The next year, I ended up with two sweepers and an almond harvester and, you know, learned that whole process again, which I had had a little bit of experience with helping my brother. So yeah, we did that. So 2017 was the first year with the harvester. But every year since then, we've grown a little bit more, a little bit more. We've added more equipment, added more equipment. And 2017, I think I harvested seven or 800 acres with one harvester. And I said, okay, I want to get to 1,200 and I'll be happy with that. Well, I got to 1,200 and then it was like, well, okay, I want to do this much more, <laughs> you know, and do, but and then I'd have to go to my wife, hey, we need to buy another sweeper. We need to buy another shaker. And she's ready to kill me. And, um, you know, now we're, well, I think we're right at the 3,000 acre mark of harvesting. And I say I'm pretty comfortable with that, but we'll see what happens. So it's been fun. It's not what I thought I was going to be doing. Like I said, growing up on the farm, I just kind of thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to you know, be a, a row crop farmer on the west side, but that didn't happen. <laughs> and in a few minutes, we're going to talk more about the equipment Luke uses and how he's managing all of this operation. Luke says he does still sometimes think about what would have happened if his family hadn't sold the ranch. But at the end of the day, he feels fortunate to have received the necessary push to start this business. I love farming. I, I want to get back to farming eventually, you know, whether it be me managing farmland for somebody or me purchasing my own, but I want to get back to it. But yeah, there's always going to be days where I'm like, ah, man, we should have just fought through it. You know, we should have done this. We should have done that. But now that, you know, I'm 
in my seventh year of my business and I'm established, I, I think my dad did me a favor selling the ranch, put it that way. You know, it kind of got me out of here and, and doing my own thing. And my wife and I have been able to establish a pretty good business here. So I would still be okay with us selling if I had to do it again. Now we'll dive into our featured conversation with Luke about his custom harvesting business and how he makes sure his crews harvest efficiently, safely, and effectively. LH Farm Service started as many businesses start by running numbers on the back of a napkin, although appropriately in this case, that napkin was a disc blade. My dad and I, when I was talking about continuing the hay harvesting thing, him and I actually sat down, we were in the, in the back of the shop yard and we had a piece of soapstone or chalk and we literally were writing notes on a disc blade, you know, trying to like figure out if I could do it or not. And I actually, I took a picture of it. I still have it. I thought that was kind of neat, but there's been a lot of notes and stuff like that. And a lot of the notes on the back of the napkin. And, you know, I, I knew what a shaker cost. Okay. I got that, you know, and then I, I was talking to other guys who had equipment like what are you guys charging to shake you know and just crunching numbers all the time I mean I don't know how many notepads I burnt through like okay we can make this work you know and I had my set acreage from my first customer and it was like okay well I could make it with that but it sure would be nice to get some more and I just got on the phone and started calling people that I knew and putting my name out there and um, a friend of mine had just started uh, as a farm manager for another ranch here. And I talked to his boss and, you know, he was like, well, you know, I don't really have, you know, enough for you to, to help us. If you want to come in and set your machine up, that's fine, but I'm, I'm not going to pay you to do that. Well, two days later, he's calling me, get over here. We need help. And I, I ran with him for like three weeks straight, just ran hard. you know. So we ended up doing a lot more than what we expected. How did you know that not everybody was going to need you at the same day? Well, that kind of goes back to the drought thing. You know, at, at that point, what was that, 2015, so the drought was pretty bad. Well, I had to go help those guys. They were in Federal Water District, so they were short of water. My main customer, he was in the um, exchange contractors, so, you know, they have number one water rights. They had plenty of water for their trees. So going back to the west side, we started shaking trees like the 25th of July, which is like extremely early. And the, the only reason being was because they, they ran out of water. The trees were drying up. So I ran down there and I helped them, you know, for two or three weeks until I had to come back to my normal customer, you know, who was in good water. His trees were healthy. So I, I started, you know, the normal time with him, you know, the first or second week of August. So it, it actually it kind of worked out. You know, I was able to jump out early and get some acreage on our machine. And even then, you know, I kind of knew what I was in for, you know, when I helped my brother, because I kind of got my feet wet, you know, seeing what the machine's going to do and this and that. And, and, and I had, at that time, I had two guys working for me. They were both brothers. They had both worked for the family farm. I mean, they've known me since I was a kid. You know, when they came up from Mexico, they stopped at our ranch and they, they've worked for us ever since. One of the brothers still works for me to this day. But they were green. They had no idea how to run a machine. And they were kind of looking at me like I was crazy. And I said, ah, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Well, the one guy that still works for me, he's my best shaker operator now. You know, the guy's just good and smooth. But it, it was kind of a rough start. But we, we figured it out. 
So what's the difference between someone brand new at shaking or doesn't know what they're doing and somebody like, you know, this guy has been doing it now seven years with you. What's the difference look like? Oh, huge. I mean, I think when I'm out in the field, I'm always walking behind him, timing him, you know, counting trees per minute. And I think first year, you know, he might be at that three or four trees a minute. Now he's probably at eight or nine, you know, so he, he went from like a, a 15 acre day to 30 plus acres a day. And it's just a lot smoother operator. And it, it took him a while to get to that. How about equipment? Have you changed, you know, uh, the type of equipment you use when it comes to shaking? Well, I've, I've changed brands. I started with one brand and I've since switched to another manufacturer. I, my main reason for switching was just support from the manufacturer. You know, just it wasn't there with the first one I bought. And in what we do, if you don't have support for your equipment, it, you might as well park it, you know, because if you have a problem and no one's wanting to help you, that's a pretty lonely feeling. <laughs> we also changed to, to a different shaker manufacturer just because of their style of pads they have. They run the round air pads. And, you know, for me, like being a farmer, I take extra care, like when we're handling somebody else's crop, because I know that like their livelihood is in our hands you know, the, the care of their tree, it's up to us, you know, and, and with this particular manufacturer, after watching them, seeing like, wow, these machines are a little gentler on the trees. I think I want to go with them. Absolutely. And how many shakers are you up to now during harvest? We, we run four shakers. Yeah. Four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you also got into the sweeping and the harvesting too, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we run, so the four shakers, we have four small sweepers and then we have a super V and I have a PTO harvester, and then last year we, we got a self-propelled harvester during the season. So self-propelled, it doesn't require a tractor to pull it. The V-sweeper we got two years ago out of necessity. It's a single-pass sweeper, so that's helped us eliminate a pass through the field with a conventional sweeper. It's saving us time. It's making less dust. It's actually doing a better job you know, leaving a nice, better windrow for the harvester to pick up. And then the, the self-propelled has sped things up for us. I think we've probably increased our efficiency by 20 or 30 percent running it. With that thing, I don't know, I, I'm paying attention to like, you know, they're talking about the dust reduction and everything, that the goal that they want to meet, you know, by 2025 and you know, talking with and looking at, you know, different manufacturers and what they have to offer. You know, there's a few things that we want to, you know, try to change to help that. You know, yeah, we, we want to get in there and get out and move on to the next job because that's how we make our living. But, you know, we also have to take into account, you know, what what's the best way we can do this? What's the cleanest way we can do this to make it better for everybody? So we've switched over to harvesters that use different types of chains, you know, that allow more dirt to fall out, you know, and have a better fan system so there's less dust. But I think the, the biggest way we've been able to, like, reduce dust in our harvest operation is just sweeper setting. You know, rather than just sending the machines out there, hey, you guys sweep this field, you know, every operation has a supervisor. So the shakers have a guy sitting there. My, my sweeper guy is out there with the field. So he's, he's really, you know, monitoring their, their head height and, and making sure we're not sweeping in more dirt than almonds, put it that way. We've seen a big difference in just, you know, managing our settings on our equipment with the dust. That's great. And then what about like uh, making sure that 
you know, kind of the orchard floors as clean as possible for? Is that is that usually the grower who does that or? Yeah, that's the grower. And all, you know, like I said, when I go out and walk fields and stuff, you know, if I see something that I think maybe could be helped, you know, I might mention it to them like, hey, you know, that kind of uneven out here. Maybe we could run a float. But I've noticed with my growers more so the past couple of years, they're on their game more as far as getting their floor prepped and ready properly like it should be. You know, so they're really looking at it like, okay, how can we, you know, make this nice for the harvester guy when he comes in here? So I, I've seen that the guys are more on top of it. That's great. Good for you. I mean, that, I'm sure that makes your life easier too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd hate going out to a field and, you know, there's little holes or divots and stuff. And like I always tell my customers, it's not an earth mover, it's an almond harvester. It's picking the almonds up where you don't want to dig them out of the ground because, you know, any little hole that a nut falls into, it's been lost. We're not going to get it, you know. What about uh, either, you know, off ground or semi off ground? Is there anything you've looked into or think about for the future? Yeah, I think I think that's the way it's going to go. Um, I know OMC, one of the shaker manufacturers, not far from here, they had a, a, a study going on with somebody and they were actually running. It was basically a pistachio harvester, so a catch frame. They were running it in, in almonds. And um, they were loading the almonds into trailers, but they had to take them to the holer so they could dry them. So they were analyzing, you know, their drying costs and everything and trying to figure out what's going to work there. But you're seeing more and more equipment manufacturers, you know, starting to go that way, like, you know, getting ahead of the game as far as like, okay, you know, this may be coming down the pipe. We're going to have to figure out how to harvest these things, you know, like you said, off the ground or semi off the ground in order to meet this dust requirement. I think it's coming. I think it's something we're going to have to do down the road. You know, basically cut the sweeping out of it, I think, you know, because I, I think that's probably where most of the dust comes from is from the sweepers. It's interesting. And, and now for you, you know, I'm sure you're always trying to think about not only how can you add more value to the services you offer when it comes to harvesting specifically, but also how can you become more efficient in your operations? You know, what what are some steps you've taken in seven years that have made the biggest difference for you? I think for us, it's just, you know, having good equipment, you know, having a good service program. Like when I said earlier that, that we have the 1B sweeper, man, that just increased our sweeping efficiency probably by like, you know, 25 or 30 percent you know we were able just to get across the field quicker do a better job the same thing with our self-propelled harvester i mean we we went from doing you know 12 or 13 truckloads a day to like 20 with what we do the time is the most expensive thing you know parts and fuel and all that stuff yeah they're those are always going to be there but your time is something that's so valuable i mean when it's lost you cannot get it back so for us it's you know try to figure out what we can do to go as fast as we can, but do the best job as we can too at the same time. And all the manufacturers of the almond equipment, they're awesome. I mean, they're all out in the field. They're asking us questions. What can we do different? Asking us for our opinions. They're out in the field, you know, running with us. They're bringing equipment for us to run. I mean, everybody in California who manufactures this equipment, they are really like on top of their game as far as like trying to increase efficiency. So... I don't know. For us, it's just been trying to get better equipment that moves quicker, but does a good job at the same time. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you about automation in general. If you see for anything that you do, are you looking at automation? Do you think we're anywhere close to it or you think we're still a ways off? No, I, I think we're right there. Um, I know OMC, they've, they have a 
system on their shaker that utilizes a laser eye on the front of the machine to detect where the tree's at. So they still have a person in there steering it, but the machine is able to go from one tree to the next, you know, and send the head out and shake, open it, bring it back in and go to the next tree and it knows where to stop and do that whole process over again. You still have a guy in it steering, but at least with that, you know, maybe you could have a guy in it who could consistently do, you know, five or six trees a minute with it. You know what I'm saying? He may not be the fastest driver, but at least with that system, it may make him a, you know, good enough driver. No, it's coming. It's, it's, it's got to happen, especially with just uh, the shortage of labor that we have. I mean, that, that is my biggest fight every year is just finding people to help. And I'm really lucky, you know, with the alfalfa harvesting thing, I have seven or eight guys with me all the time. And those, those guys are rock solid. I mean, they, they would take a bullet for me. So I, I have a good core. It's just when I need to have, you know, the other six or seven seasonal guys, it's just, it's difficult to find, you know, there's a lot of competition with other companies out here with pay and stuff. And it's getting harder and harder every year. I think there's just too many programs to make it easier for somebody to get paid while sitting at home. They don't want to come out and do the job or they, they want to come out and they want to get top dollar right off the bat. You know, they, they don't want to learn. They don't want to work up the ladder. They just want the top pay right now. And like I said, labor is our biggest issue. Everyone asks me, you know, well, how, how hard is it to do this? What's, what's the hardest thing you deal with? And I said, you know, it's really easy to go sign documents and get a loan on a $200,000 piece of equipment. But if you don't have anybody to put in it, it's not worth anything. It just seems like during almond harvest, every day there's somebody not showing up. You know, there's somebody who has to leave early. And for me, it's like, hey, we got to get the job done. I'll go jump on a harvester. I don't care. We just have to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah, as far as the automation, like I said, it, it's coming. It's there. I'm, I'm sure that there's more technology out there than we know about. You know, I'm pretty sure all these manufacturers have something that is getting automated already. So... No, well, this has been great, Luke. I really appreciate this. And uh, anything else as you think about, you know, the premise of the show is how people are making things work in their business. Uh, and, you know, despite challenges that are going to hit you, whether you're farming or custom harvesting or whatever you're doing. But uh, anything else you'd add? It's just a balance. You know, for me, it's rewarding to get a guy's crop from the field, you know, to the processor. You know, that's what makes me feel good and doing the best job we can. That's what I really enjoy about it, you know, and then working working with our guys. It's a lot of fun. And then our customers too, we work for a lot of good people. But surround yourself with the right people. That's what I did. I have a lot of my friends, you know, like the, the gentleman I talked about earlier that told me to, to do what I wanted to do and not let anybody tell me different. He's an older guy. And I talk to the older guys. Like there's no substitute for the old ways. You know, you have to listen to the old guys and talk to them and, and get their opinions and, you know, ask them like, you know, Hey, I'm going to try this. What do you think? And it may be something they tried already and it didn't work. And they may tell you, no, don't do that. That's a stupid idea. You know? So I try to talk to the guys, the older guys who've been in the industry for a while and just have relationships with them. But my friends of mine, they're always like, you go and talk to these old guys. How did you become friends with them? And it's like, I just went and talked to them. You know, and a lot, a lot of times they enjoy doing that. They enjoy helping the younger guys out, you know, and giving their opinions. So just asking questions, that's the biggest way you figure things or easiest way you figure things out, at least for me. 
Well, huge thank you to Luke Hicks for sharing his experiences with us on the show here today. I think there's a lot of insight there about how he's thinking about important issues like harvest efficiency, equipment, labor, and serving farmer customers. I'd like to add a few more details to his comments about dust reduction, as one of the Almond Industries Orchard 2025 goals is to reduce dust during harvest by 50% by the year 2025. There are a lot of resources available to meet this goal, and that's what we'll focus on in today's ABC Update. The Almond Board of California has invested in research to find the best practices when it comes to achieving this dust reduction goal. Joining me for today's ABC Update is Jesse Roseman, Principal Analyst for the Almond Board. Jesse's work focuses on research projects that cross over into the regulatory space, such as air quality, water quality, water supply, and pesticide use. He also manages the Ag Regulatory Subcommittee. Each year, we get out into the community to talk about different issues affecting the almond industry. And in the past, we've gotten out on farms and talked directly to farmers about harvest dust and in particular, our harvest dust best practices that we prepared based on research that we'd done for about 10 years on different techniques that growers can use using their same equipment and achieve various levels of dust reduction. You can get a copy of these harvest best management practices by contacting the field outreach team just by using the email fieldoutreach at almondboard.com. Jesse says the foundation for reducing dust in the orchard is having a clean and flat orchard floor, which you just heard Luke talk about. Another important dust reduction approach that Luke also talked about earlier has to do with equipment. The Almond Board has done a lot of research into ways that growers can improve using conventional equipment. But we've also done research that has made it possible for regulatory agencies to provide incentives to growers to purchase new equipment that's lower in dust production. And it also on average reduces it by around 50%. So we really encourage growers that are thinking about purchasing a a new harvester to go to the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District or go to their local NRCS office and apply for those cost share programs that is going to make a big difference in, in how much dust comes comes out of their orchard. Jesse says many growers' desire to reduce dust goes beyond just air quality and overall safety to also making sure they're not hauling that dust into their holer sheller. We've heard from growers that they are using conditioners as another way to improve the load that they're sending to the handlers and uh, to the hauler shellers. And conditioners are a way that you can reduce the amount of dust and sticks in the windrow that you then do pickup on. And that's something that not only is going to reduce dust at pickup, but it's also going to improve the bottom line because the freight charges are going to be lower because you're going to be sending fewer trucks to the huller sheller. And that's ultimately what we're about at the Almond Board. We want to make sure we're returning value to the growers and to the almond industry. And if you can reduce the amount of dust that's going to the huller sheller and keep it in the orchard, that's gonna add to the bottom line. 
Once again, request those harvest best management practices by contacting the field outreach team at fieldoutreach at almondboard.com. Jesse says a lot of this information can also be found online at almonds.com forward slash harvest dust. Thank you to Jesse Roseman for providing today's ABC update, to Luke Hicks for being our featured guest, and to you for tuning in to another episode of the Almond Journey podcast. We believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own of how they're making things work on their farms or in their jobs. Hearing the voices of industry leaders, people like Luke Hicks, may have sparked a connection or an idea that you can use in your own journey. That's why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community here on this podcast. I hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to the show on your podcast platform of choice, and please pass it along to others in the industry so we can all share in this almond journey together. Music